Hello, y'all. Welcome to Benevolence, where kindness matters and all are welcome to the table. I'm your host, Sassy Diaz, and I'm so, so, so excited because this is my first episode, and I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in and subscribing and spreading the word on Instagram and Facebook and every other social media that you may have. Thank you so much for, for your support. I am truly and truly and truly appreciative of that. Now, please don't forget to continue to spread the word. Every single Monday, I will be releasing a new episode. So this is my first episode for this week. So stay tuned next Monday for the next one because I know that you are going to be blessed. Now, because this is my first episode, I'd like to get real with you all. So this week, I will be covering my personal story and testimony. And the way that I will be doing that is by reading a letter to my past self. This past weekend, I was um, blessed enough to be part of a camp. And I was part of a girls' conference. And I actually read that letter um, during that session. And I was in awe because it really, really touched the hearts of the girls that were listening. And... A lot of girls were able to relate to my story. And, you know, for many years, you know, I've kind of kept my testimony, you know, you know, not hidden, but kind of like just I didn't really tell anybody my testimony and many only heard like a certain part of it. But, you know, and I just felt like it wasn't anybody's business at some point. (laughs) So Um, Just recently, one of my good friends said, you know, you keep minimizing your testimony and you don't understand that by your testimony and by telling people what you've been through and telling people how you've been restored, like you don't under you don't understand the amount of people that you can reach and the amount of people that can relate to you. But I know that many girls left there and they were able to be bold and they were able to confess. And I know that their lives were transformed all because of testimonies there's just something about hearing somebody's story that kind of changes the way you view life and and it kind of gives you the encouragement that you need to move forward um especially in this day and age when many girls are dealing with you know insecurities and mental health issues and depression and anxiety so you know i was just so blessed and i feel i felt in my heart that I should read my letter to you, and that should be my first episode. Um, now, a lot of you, a lot of family members, a lot of friends who don't know certain parts of my story are may have questions and may be confused and stuff, but my past situations, you know, definitely did not define who I, who I am, you know, and they do not define who I am. You know, I am completely restored. I am completely healed of the things that I've gone through, in my past and although it was you know unfortunate that I went through those things you know I am grateful that I had the hand of God over me as I was going through those moments and I am the person that I am today because of those moments and I've reached a point of healing and restoration where I feel in my heart that I can tell you you know every single part of my life that you know I've gone through just hardships and trials and tribulations and things like that so without further ado I'm just gonna get started um and I hope and pray that you are blessed by this and if you know anyone who should listen to this podcast you know go ahead and spread the word to them 
um, you know, if they can relate to my story or if they need to hear my story just to know that the best is yet to come, just go ahead and do it. Share it. Spread it all over, you know, because I know that it's going to touch your life and I know it's going to touch other people's life. Let's just go ahead and get started. And this is my letter to my past self. Dear past self, this is your future self writing to you about what you have to look forward to in the years ahead. I know you are only five years old and you don't know the meaning of life, but trust me, you are going to figure it all out. You have amazing parents that love you and will do their very best to protect you from this crazy world. You'll go to church on Sundays because your dad is a music pastor and your mom is one of the deacons of a small church. You'll love going to Sunday school because you love to listen to the Bible stories. And you'll love doing the crafts that the teacher sets up. Everything is great. You'll be happy. But things start to change when you'll get a new Sunday school teacher. She's way younger than the older ladies. But you'll love her immediately because she's young and fun and gives you candy at the end of every lesson. Then one day, you'll ask her to take you to the bathroom. She kindly smiles at you and takes you by the hand. You finally get into the bathroom and you see her lock the door from the inside. You'll quickly get into the stall, not thinking too much about it, and also because you really have to go. You'll do your business and start to walk out of the stall when the teacher pushes herself into the stall with you and starts to, and starts to touch you in ways that you've never been touched before. You'll push her hand away, but she's taller than you, and you truly don't want her to hit you, so you let her touch you some more. You won't understand why she's doing this to you because you've never had anyone touch you. You don't even know if this is wrong. She'll finally stop. Look at you in the face and tell you not to tell a soul, because then you'll be in big trouble. You'll go back to your class confused about what happened, but because you are just a child, you'll forget about it and continue on playing with the other kids. A week will go by, and unfortunately, the same Sunday school teacher will continue to do this again and again. This time, she'll go further. You're only five years old. You don't know what to think about the situation, and you'll be scared to tell on her because you don't want to get in trouble. After a month of the same scenario, you get a new teacher, and you'll never see that girl ever again. You'll feel so relieved. My dear Sassy, this is going to keep happening to you with other girls until you're the age of 10. Unfortunately, you will have identity issues during this time. Because only girls will do this to you, you will begin to think that maybe you should like girls. This is not something that will stop until you are a teenager. You'll get introduced to the world of pornography. And you will become addicted, and you won't know how to control yourself. You will only desire to see women, and you know for sure that something seems wrong, is wrong. Who knows? You're only a kid. You are the daughter of pastors. What will they think of you? How are you going to get over this? This dark seeker will overcome you, but you will refuse to tell a soul. Eventually, you'll wonder how you could like a boy if they've never touched you or given you any attention. You know that if you talk about this to your parents, they'll hate you forever. So you'll keep this a secret hidden deep in your heart. My dear adolescent Ceci, I know that life seems hard and your insecurities and your inner frustrations will make you cry yourself to sleep at night. 
You'll fight with God and ask him why. You'll never understand why this is happening to you, but I promise you, Sassy, that you are going to overcome this. Everything that has happened to you so far and everything that the enemy is trying to make you believe is a lie. You are a daughter of the king and you are not defined by what has happened to you. You are not what you think you are. You may not realize this now, but I promise you that your life is going to change for the better. Years will pass and you'll be 17 years old. So much will happen in seven years. Dad will get a job to be a worship pastor and the three of you will move to Miami. You will truly live your best life there, Sessie. Your new church will be amazing. You'll meet new friends, you'll commit your life to God, and you'll join the dance, drama, and worship ministries. You'll love God and commit your entire life to Him. Although you'll continue to live your life with your past secrets in your heart, you'll feel that God has healed you, and you will work to do better for yourself and your relationship with God. Oh, my dear 17-year-old Sessie, your senior year is going to go by super fast. Especially when dad breaks the news that you'll be moving to Orlando. Two days after you graduate. You'll fight with mom and dad about not going. That you have your friends, your life, and your amazing church. And you're not going to lose that. But you won't have a choice. Eventually, the end of the year will come faster than you know it. And you'll leave everything behind. You will be so mad at God at this point. You will begin to doubt if he even has a plan for your life. You'll turn your back on God and your parents. You will be introduced to alcohol and you will eventually lose your virginity. Everything that you worked for in Miami, spiritually and emotionally, will go down the drain in two months' time. You won't care about messing up your life because you will blame God, mom, and dad for even bringing you to Orlando. You will struggle for the next two years. You will lie and deceive everyone. You will continue to portray this Christian when you truly are far away from God. You will feel like you have no one to turn to. You will be alone. You will become insecure and fall into a deep depression. You will start to cut yourself because feeling the pain tangibly is better than the emotional pain. You will reach a dark place in which you will want to take your life. On February 12, 2007, you will wake up feeling a dark spirit overwhelm your soul. You won't be able to shake it off and start your day. You will keep looking at those pills that you and your roommate share. You will wonder how fast it'll take. You will wait until the other girls have left to class and you will tell your roommate that you aren't feeling well. You will fight with your emotions and a dark spirit will overtake you. You will feel a sadness that is too deep to explain. A sadness overcomes you and you will eventually, and that will eventually push you towards those pills. You will take all of them. After some time, you will feel sick. At the same time, your roommates will attempt to take you to the hospital, but the ambulance will eventually pick you up. You will feel like you are dying when you arrive at the hospital. You will be stripped of your clothes and personal belongings and you will be forced to drink a liquid charcoal. The doctor will tell you that if you do not drink it, you will die. You contemplate drinking it because your ultimate goal was to die. You will wonder how you were able to wake up in the first place. You will see mom and dad in tears walk into the room. You will feel embarrassed but relieved that you are seeing them again. 
You will be taken to the psych ward of the hospital and you will be scheduled to be there for seven days. On your first night, you will be roomed with a lady that is just as depressed as you are. You will cry all night. She will cry all night. And you will pray to God to stop her crying. The next night, you will realize that there are people there in a more depressive state and that you shouldn't be there. On that second night, you will finally work up the courage to pray. You will feel embarrassed that it took you so long to ask God for help. You won't know where to begin. You will finally work up the nerve to ask him to take you out of the hospital. And you will ask him for a new heart. You will repent of your sins. That night, you will see a vision of God literally replacing your heart with a new one. You will wake up the next day feeling an overwhelming joy. Your face will shine. The psychiatrist will come into the room to check up on you and she will look at your face and simply sign the papers for your release. She will tell you, I'm releasing you. Please don't do this again. As you leave the hospital, you will thank God for allowing you to leave. You'll see mom and dad. They will be scared and disappointed. You will need to prove yourself again to them. But trust me, Sassy, things get better from there. You will eventually restore your relationship with God and with mom and dad. You will make new friends and they will bless your life. My dear Sassy, please remember that you will be completely healed. You won't understand it at the moment, but God truly had his hand over you all along. Please remember that your past experiences will not define your future. You will eventually find the man of your dreams. Marry him a year later, and then three years after that, you will have a beautiful little girl named Victoria, just how you dreamt it. You will become a high school teacher, and you will serve in ministry. You will tell your testimony to many, and because of your honesty, many lives will be transformed. This is all for a greater purpose. There will be moments when you will lose your faith. You will worry a lot. The enemy will lie to you and tell you that because of your past, you will not have a future. But my dear Ceci, do not listen to those lies. Your identity is found in Christ and in Him alone. No past experiences, mistakes, friends can determine who you are in your future. You are smart, beautiful, driven, and kind. I know that it will be hard to see it at times, especially when things just don't seem to be going your way. But just remember that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. You are anointed and you are appointed to do great things. Your story is not over yet. Love always, Sassy, your 31-year-old self. P.S. Happy birthday, my love. I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in to my Benevolence podcast. I thank you for listening to my story as well. I hope that my testimony has touched your heart and that it pushes you forward to realize that your past experiences do not define who you are. You've made it this far. You're a survivor. I would highly encourage you to also write a letter to your past self. Um, it helped me. It helped me heal. And I know it'll help you heal. And it'll help you reflect on where you've been and to where God has brought you today. Your story is not something or is not one to keep inside, for it will definitely bless others and lead others to a path of restoration. And please, don't suffer alone. If you or someone you know is dealing with suicide or depression, please know that you're not alone and that there is help. 
You can call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. You can also plug into a local church or look up your nearest mental health facility where they can help you with screenings and other resources. Find someone who you can trust and talk to them. No one should be suffering alone. One of the major lies that attacks your mind is that you are the only one going through your struggle. Please remember that that is a lie. There are people around you who love you, especially God, who ultimately has a plan and a purpose for your life. Run to him and he can heal you just like he healed me. And also, don't forget, I'm here for you too. As we conclude this episode, if there is a specific topic that you would like for me to cover in the future, please don't hesitate to message me on Instagram and Facebook with your requests. Once again, I want to thank you so much for tuning into Benevolence, where kindness matters and all are welcome to the table. Please continue to spread the word and subscribe and stay tuned for a very, very special guest that will be joining me at the table for next Monday's episode two. Love you guys so much. Have a blessed week. See ya.